Number the two. best one is a visit from the then up and coming pop star, the legendary, the one and only, known to frequent Reading on a regular basis, Peter Andre. Wow. He was doing a tour of schools. He, this is before he was pretty much before he was famous. He was just he was must have been I don't know. Was Mysterious Girl a thing? A distant thing. Him standing in the sea wearing his jeans was just <laughs> just a pipe dream at that point. <laughs> those um, abs. Oh uh, yes, those abs, yeah. We'll get to the abs. Let's oh. not objectify the man. Yeah. He was there to promote his music. Um so he turned up to sing to quote unquote sing some songs. Um his equipment was set up to play the backing music. Um and he started he started performing, shall we say, because he definitely wasn't singing. And something happened and the music just stopped while he was doing it in the middle of a sort of particularly vigorous dance routine. The music just stopped, so he had to start again. Um, but the the um the main thing that happened was that his presence caused something of an excitement amongst the crowd of teenage girls. It was and the look of the head teacher's face when he when he sort of ripped his shirt off to reveal his rippling torso. Um, There's a lot of the, screaming. There was a lot of screaming <laughs> and um, a lot of excitement. And he, he he performed. I can't remember. I can't remember the songs. They, they weren't his sort of main songs. I think because he, he was relatively new, he hadn't come up with those classics um, like "Mysterious Girl." But can you name some more? Uh, flavor spelled wrong. <laughs> spelled wrong. Flavor. <laughs> flavor. Um, and but what happened was he he finished performing and then I think he did a few autographs and stuff like that and then he he was he 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 went to leave because I think he had to go to another school. However, someone had identified the vehicle he was travelling in, and someone didn't want him to leave. And so they had left, let down the tyres on said vehicle. And this is this is not a glamorous vehicle, by the way. It's not a limo. It's not a, anything like. That. I think it might have just been a people carrier. And they let the tyres were the tyres were all let down. Oh. And so Peter Andre then had to sit in the car or sit next to the car while someone sorted out all his tyres. <laughs> and this was all because everyone had loved him so much they didn't want him to go. So Peter Andre. So it came from a good place because well, they loved him. I think the person who did it. Um, who I, I I can't remember who it was, but they're out there. They know. I think it was someone in my year at school. But Whittle, I, it's got Whittle written all over it. <laughs> I'd like to point out to to any lawyers listening, they represent Mr. Whittle that he wasn't at the school at the time. Um, <laughs> I don't think. Um, but yes, he couldn't leave for ages because they had to they had to blow up all four tyres of the, the car. But that is a very memorable visit that is legendary. <laughs> Legendary <laughs> to the pupils of the Willick School in about 1996, something like that. Oh, that was a good story. That was probably my favourite ever Hugh story. What do you think, Hugh? It's one of my favourite stories, which is why I tell it to everyone I meet all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you do dine out on that one, don't yes. you? Yes. That and yeah, Ricky Whittle, good. that's like your staple friend making stories yeah <laughs> this is true yeah you need to meet some more celebrities to yes. like broaden your repertoire i do i played in the cricket match with rory bremner once 
And, That's um, a good one. You've he, never told us that. No, he, I was quite young, and um, I was playing because they didn't have one of the teams. It was an invitational game, and I forget how it came about, but I was playing because one of the teams didn't have enough players, and um, they asked me to do the score, and I was about 14 at the time and got into a like a teenage teenage trance and forgot to do the score completely for about half an hour, and then we had to kind of basically make up the score so we could have the rest of the game, and various people got quite cross with me. <laughs> Not Mr. Bremner, though. Oh, he was quite oh, nice. He did a good impressions, yeah. a good, some good impressions of of various people playing in the match, which was quite funny. <laughs> Marvelous. Shall we get on with our very special episode? Yeah. Yeah. You're listening to the Real Reading Podcast. I'm Rachel Nemeth. And I'm Tom Canning. And welcome to episode 100. Hold your bat up. Hold your bat up. Uh, of the Real Reading Podcast. Uh, you can like us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod and search Real Reading Podcast Group uh, to join us on Facebook. Uh, we've got. Did some... we get a letter from the Queen? Yes. We did? Yes. Oh, how exciting. It's nice that well, she, she listens, down the road, being she? like yeah. your local Berkshire lass. It was, it was delivered by the horse-drawn carriage. Oh, lovely. The gold, the, not only that, the gold one that comes out was for uh, winter. Was it by Prince Philip? Yes. <laughs> he wasn't driving, though. Yeah. Probably for the best. <laughs> Ooh, too soon. Yeah, too mm, soon. Uh, we've got... Some of the week's headlines, um, eight months of roadworks on the A33, yay. Uh, what next after the conclusion of the PC, ha- PC Andrew Harper murder trial? Uh, and the strange tale of the loathsome Sir Arthur, Alst- Sir Arthur Aston, Hughes, wor- Hughes words. Loathsome? Loathsome. Yeah. Are we going to discover just how loathsome yeah. he was? Yes. That's quite a strong word, isn't it? Yes. I hope he's done some loathy things. Yes. Are you are you due a um, uh, a, a, a legal summons, Hugh, for describing someone as loathsome? Well, uh, I wouldn't have thought so because he, he was he's been dead for quite a long time. So okay. unless he has unless he has a relative who's been really offended by this description, I think I'm all right legally. <laughs> Okay. Uh, as well as all that, we have a special guest interview with the person behind um, the internet-only presence known as Silly Things in Reading. Uh, is it silly? Is it silly? Or uh, I, thought, I thought it was strange. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid some, things some in things, Reading. Some things in Reading. Hmm. Um, uh, to avoid tripping over it from this point on, we will be referring to it as uh, 
Uh, it's one we've been looking forward to for doing for a little while, but we thought we'd save it for our 100th episode. Mostly because I believe on it, it was on the Stir website that someone said, this will only last six episodes. Well, in your face. Ah, we proved them wrong. I mean, we we're undoubtedly... still waffling on. Yeah, we've undoubtedly <laughs> repeated ourselves several times. Um, had a lot of the same guests on uh, and Hugh still is here. So... Um, well, we, we have would, a nice time doing it. We do. So... It doesn't really matter, does it? That so makes it sound like really? you and Rachel secretly have an agenda to try and get rid of me and replace me with someone, someone more capable. Oh, but... have you not noticed? You've not noticed. That's all. Yeah, subsequently realised <laughs> there isn't anyone. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying to get your mum. Plenty, plenty of people fighting to get on yeah, here. Yeah, what are you talking oh, about? My inbox is. Bulging. We've been interviewing all week. <laughs> Only joking. We'd never get rid of the Hubert, would we? All we're really looking forward to is Who's someone with a solid story. I just like to go on record and say I do not like being called Hubert. Then that means I'm just going to do it more. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, you shouldn't have told me. Before all that, though, uh, it is, of course, our 100th episode. And uh, we, well, I say we, I, uh, had really wanted to record this on the top deck of a Reading bus. Uh, for no other reason than it was something to do. But since the coronavirus, coronavirus pandemic, uh, we're coming to you once again across Zoom. So thanks, Zoom. Um, all good. Doesn't mean we're not going to mark it, though. Um, and one of the things that has happened to mark this special occasion is that Hugh has listened back to the podcast for the very first time, listeners. Hugh, what did you make? Not of all it? of it. Not all of it? Oh, okay. Just your bit. I was pretty... I was pretty good. The, the other two needed to do a bit of work on there. That's not what you said to us. <laughs> what did you make? It's, Which a, very you it's a very entertaining listen. I listened to last week's. Um, uh-huh. And I, I won't lie, a few of the conversations involving me made me burst out laughing. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know what that says no. about me and how pathetic It means I you am. find you funny. <laughs> Which I suppose is... It's, be- it's better than finding your- not finding yourself funny. <laughs> I, finding, I, your- finding yourself tiresome would be uh, would be very bad yeah. for the old self-esteem, wouldn't it? It's not really a road we want to go down, is it, I suppose? So, um, all right, well, in the meantime, here is Jeremy for the 100th time on how you can get in touch with us. Get in touch with the team. Email hello at realreadingpodcast.co.uk Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Real Reading Pod, and join our Facebook group by searching Real Reading Podcast. Thanks, Jeremy. Uh, so you heard Peter Andre at the start, uh, one of my favourite stories we've had on the pod. Um, in the but, uh, I've obviously I've done a lot of interviews, and I wanted to just take a moment to reveal my top three in no particular order. Oh. Um, and I also want to tell you about one that was going pretty well. Uh, but I was a tad starstruck, and it all got a bit awkward at the end. Um, so, uh, but you, you'll find out about that one in just a second. So, um, in, and I think in no particular order. Although, so they're all musical. Uh, they're all musical based uh, because I, I'm not sure why they just they they were they were very good. And I've I've never really interviewed musical people before, but they were they were all good. And and I was probably starstruck by all of them. Um, but. Uh, a couple of these were thanks to friend of the pod, Pete Wheeler, who regularly gets us good guests. Um, one of those guests was Fully Love, uh, also known as Soup from Jurassic 5. Um, he came in in a fantastic suit. 
Uh, and he was just a thoroughly nice man. Um, we we chatted a lot. You can go back and listen to that podcast. Um, I'll, I'll I can't remember off the top of my head which number it was, but it was it was way back. It's got his his lovely face on it, and I and I got to chat chat to him. And con- considering uh, Jurassic Five isn't what I'd call my sort of music, um, he was a very thoroughly nice man. Um, then we had Steve Calazzo, who was the lead singer of the band Odyssey which I know uh, a few people will have heard of. Both of these guys played at Ready Pop Festival over the last couple of years. And again, Steve Galazzo was just a, both, both American, these guys, and just the, the coolest, the smoothest people you could ever speak to. Absolutely no. So they, they came into our sort of slightly moldy uh, office, sat down and chatted with me back when we just had the one mic, uh, chatted across it and were just absolutely lovely. Um, absolutely. They say the same about you, Tom, I've heard. Oh, do they? Good, the I'm sure they... You're the smoothest, coolest person they've ever met. They have absolutely no reason whatsoever to remember me being completely <laughs> unremarkable. Um, and I, I think just about edging it, my favourite, and still our most listened to podcast overall, um, was the first interview we did with Pete Hefferon from Shed. Uh, and Pete was Pete was absolutely fantastic. Uh, I think the reason it... it pipes up as my as my favorite overall is just because right at the end just after we'd finished recording um i sort of said oh so well you know what what did you used to do before you opened up shed oh i was just in a band called pete and the pirates so i've heard of them i've heard of them. i know them and and so then it was my ambition for quite some time uh, to get pete back on to talk only about him and pete and the pirates which i managed to do uh, i think it was earlier this year so there are two pete f1 podcasts uh, and uh, also, everybody should go to Shed because it's wonderful. Uh, I was going to say, knows his sandwiches, that man. Yes, he does. He does. <laughs> Pir- uh, pirates and sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was also, so the one that was mildly embarrassing. So, I, Rach, I think this was a bit before your time, but I got to interview Suggs. Oh, and we, we talked about uh, his time at where performing at Reading Festival, uh, he told some stories. Um, I have absolutely no idea if any of them were true, um, but he talked sort of about going around Reading and 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 bits and pieces. Anyway, and I had ten minutes with him, and it was great. And then right at the end, he, uh, I got him because we used to do a bit at the start of, of the podcast where we got people the the interviewee to say, "You're li- uh, my name is." Suggs and you're listening to the Real Reading podcast and by this point I'd got so tongue-tied as I tend to do on occasion uh, that I was talking to this massive star and he'd obviously been doing these things all day uh, and he just for god's sake man will you flipping hurry up <gasps> I was like, oh, oh no I got told off I got told off by Suggs, told off by Suggs. oh I, no Tom it, did, it took me a while to get over it I must admit um but he was he was you know the thing is he's been he'd been doing these things these 10 minute interviews all day and i can completely appreciate you don't need a bumbling idiot from berkshire on the end of the phone trying to get you to say uh the name of a podcast that you're never going to listen to um having just sort of spoken nonsense about reading festival for for 10 minutes so i was completely on his side and just sort of Oh dear. Anyway, moving on swiftly from that. Oh. Oh, I was going to get all excited because Zach is like really into madness at the minute. Good. He yeah, loves should it. Should be. And he, like, he watches the videos on YouTube and just loves it. So I was like, my God, I'm going to tell them that Tom, tell him that Tom met the lead singer 
well, it was on a phone call. And now I'm like, oh, shall I? Oh, no, you should play him the interview. It was a bit mean to you. Oh, he was yeah? justified. He was completely justified. And I didn't oh, okay. I didn't publish so the he bit He wasn't just where... being a celebrity getting stroppy. No, no, no. He I, had and a good I, reason. I cut the bit off the end where uh, where he where he lost his lost his rag a little bit. So. <laughs> he didn't put his swearsies in there. No, 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 no. Well he oh, only no. said flipping. He only said flipping. Oh, did he? Yeah, definitely. Just like it's silly things in Reading. Silly things, some things in Reading, <laughs> yes. So that was my just little little bit there. Um, we move on to the news. It's news time. Um, we start, as ever, with roadworks. Um, Hugh... Eight months of roadworks on the A33. Haven't we just had eight years of roadworks on the A33? How bored are like you? Eight, eight months been. on top of that. My, my understanding of the A33 is that those, those traffic lights and cones and everything else are actually a design feature. <laughs> they're, they're, they've, always, they've always been there and they're, they're to improve the aesthetic of the, uh, the road itself. No, this is the fifth stage of the South Reading Mass Rapid Transit system, uh, scheme. The idea to create bus lanes going from one end, one end the middle of Reading to the South Reading, um, to create create faster transport to get more people using buses and fewer people using cars in one of the busiest areas of Reading. Um, this will mean eight months of lane closures, traffic cones, temporary lights, all that sort of stuff, as well as some complete closures overnight a bit further down the line from now um, to carry out the latest stage of this work. So more more bus lanes, more bus stops, I think, are getting put in um, to increase the travel time. And, of course, there will be a group of people saying, oh, of course, more focus on buses reading isn't reading borough council isn't interested in the car um and you know we've covered this in depth on many occasions um hugh i know you have a a, a pretty not necessarily your view but you have a you have some reasoning as to why reading is fo- more focused on other forms of transport than the car um yeah it's not just reading so uh, if you look around the country now and the government has quite publicly told councils to since the, since the start of the pandemic to create better um, better uh, facilities for cyclists and for people to walk social distance safely. Um, and councils around the country are now implementing more and more schemes to get people out of the, away from the car um, and onto bikes and on buses and all that sort of thing. So um, it's a strategy to improve, to reduce congestion, but also to improve air quality for people who live by by these various roads in Reading. If you imagine if you live by Calcium Road and the houses down there, then that's probably not a very nice air to breathe um, there. And the, you can't say everybody needs to get the bus and then from that bus to then sit in the traffic jam with all the rest of the cars. Um, so the council is working on this, these bus lanes, so the buses whiz along beside the traffic jams and more people use them because they're good um, and they're quick. And 
environmentally friendly and the amount of people driving in this on the same roads should go down um but there's there's a kind of stubbornness among some drivers um about their right to use their car um and that is something the council just continue to do more and more public transport schemes and more bus lanes and more air quality initiatives to reduce car use so driving around reading will become more and more difficult and more and more uh unpleasant for the drivers and that's that's how it's going to be for for now from now on i'd say do you think Hugh, that there's i mean if the council are making all the changes to the roads to make it easier for buses less easy for cars is there anything that reading buses could be doing that makes it more enticing for people to want to use the bus um Again, speed, speed. Um, I'm sure that there are there are moves within Reading buses the whole time to not have the, the really manky old buses on the on the roads as much as as much as they are. So to get new vehicles or to completely refurbish the existing buses so they're they're nice places nice places to be. Um, Social distancing has obviously had a bit of an effect on bus travel generally because there's not allowed as many people on the buses. Um, uh, but yeah, the the key to bus travel is to that it's quick and it's comfortable. Um, and like I said, that price not, price. Do we think bed running buses are too expensive? Well, I could. I mean, tell I mean you, comparative I to car parking, no. <laughs> No, no, you're going to pay no, 15 no. quid a day to park somewhere or five pounds for a return ticket into town yeah it's a no-brainer but i just as a as a they could all they could always reduce prices and if if they get more and more and more people using because it's not because it's a uh, public publicly owned company it's owned by the council um there will always be an argument to try to keep the prices down rather than than, than a corporation would possibly put the prices up uh, to try and make a bit more money. But the more people use the buses, the mm -hmm. more likelihood is the fares will stay the same or go down. Um, and if people don't use certain routes, those routes either get lost or the prices will probably go up. So it has to fund itself. Do they do things buses. like a season? Do they do like a season ticket for I think so. They'll so certainly get a weekly ticket. Um, I imagine so, yeah. And um They do have they do have deals on tickets. Um as a mm -hmm. as someone who, who previously used the bus quite a lot. Um you know, and, and I I I will say the route the twenty six route and I know I know there are I've seen people have problems with, with certain other routes, but in terms of the twenty six and getting on the bus, getting somewhere, it's pretty straightforward. It's you know where the bus is, it's and you pay contactless and it's it's generally very straightforward I, it, it, mm. and, and i think it's two quid for a two pound for a return but there are discounts if you buy a 14 journeys or something like that in advance and you save bits and pieces all over so in terms of actually the company itself or the, or the way they run the buses i don't have a problem with what they do but i i know there will be people who use other routes that that do um, i'm i'm fairly well served yeah, I know it's because mean. we don't have to use it. Um, I don't need to use the bus particularly. So for us, there's a bus stop at the end of our road. 
Um, and if we do, it's like a treat. <laughs> I can use it. I can use it to bribe Zach because if you're good, we'll go on the bus into town instead of walking. And he's like, whoa, can we sit at the top at the front? I don't know. You're going to have to be extra good for that because that is like <laughs> the golden seat. Although as an adult, it's actually a bit scary <laughs> going round corners at the top yeah. at the front. <laughs> um, okay, should we... <laughs> Should we move on to the next story, which is the the um, the conclusion of the, the trial of uh, the young men um, who were accused of murdering PC Andrew Harper? Um, Hugh, I'm going to just let you, as our legal eagle, take the take the lead on this one. Um, what what do we know? What's happened, and, and what has happened since? So the trial is finished, and the the three teenagers. Um, accused of murder have not been found guilty of murder. Um, they have been found guilty. One of them admitted manslaughter and two have been found guilty of manslaughter. Um, the jury clearly did not um, find enough from the evidence to convict them of murder. Um, and they are due to be sentenced to on Friday um this week and they will they're looking at fairly lengthy i think considerably lengthy um sentences even though they weren't convicted of murder i think the maximum for manslaughter is something like 26 years um but since the end of the trial the um there's been a lot of talk um with regards to the decision the miss uh pc harper's family is um is now sort of very, very upset with the verdict, and it has now sort of started to campaign to to the government over what can be done next. There is a petition online which has two hundred and thirty-five thousand uh, names added to it, calling the decision a miscarriage of justice. Um, so we'll have to see where that goes. But my understanding at the moment, with regards to the law, is that there's not a lot the family can do with regards to getting a new trial um if you are convicted of a crime you can appeal against your sentence on the grounds that it's either too um uh too harsh so too long in some cases they've been reduced or and i think i this is where my knowledge is a bit sketchy but i I have written stuff certainly where, where where appeals have been made against the sentence from the um for the prosecution as well about the about sentencing being too lenient where criminals have had their um sentences extended but i i am investigating this at the moment i hope to write something soon um i'm hoping to speak to a legal expert on what what the family can't can and can't do now but i am not aware of any way somebody can appeal the verdict of a jury um particularly a conviction um so we'll have to see how that goes um i think i I think the the details of the case are well are well known all the information is available on the um on barclay live um pc harper and his colleague were called to a burglary in um in west berkshire they found the three uh the three the three teenagers stealing a quad bike and then um his feet got tangled in the um in the a bit of a uh, bit of rope or 
the uh, the harness they were using to to pull this quad bike along the road and was dragged along at a speed of around 40 miles an hour um, and was subsequently killed. Um, and the you know he, the the three were then charged with, with his murder, um, but they've subsequently um, been acquitted of that, but are facing jail sentences for manslaughter. And it's prompted a lot of debate, um, but we're we're just looking into what what is likely to be done, whether um, whether the family will subsequently start campaigning for changes in the law over jury's decision. I speak to another lady who's um, uh, I did a story on this as well. Her her daughter. This was in Bracknell, in the Bracknell area, Ascot, Windsor area, really. Her daughter was. Um, hit 14 times in the head with a hammer by her former husband and he was also not found guilty of murder um and sent to prison for manslaughter um due to what was called diminished responsibility so suffering from men mental men um, short-term mental illness at the time of the attack um even though there was a lot of evidence of premeditation that he was not um he was not convicted and what this lady was saying is why why do the criminals have a right to appeal the sentences but the families involved don't have a right to to appeal the decision and um whether the uh, harper family are will look in the future to campaign to try to to change change the law with regards to this i don't know um we'll have to wait and see but certainly the verdict has not been met with, um, but, you know, they are very upset with the, uh, with the verdict and are looking to see what they can do next with regard to it. Uh, sentencing is on Friday, so we'll have to see how long they get sent to prison for. And um, we'll obviously report on that once we get it. Thank you. Um, obviously it's, uh, it's, it's tough to talk about, but we, do, we want to talk about the, the, the things that do affect Reading, whether that they can't all be, um, they can't all be silly uh, as much as I think we'd like them to be. But I think it goes without saying our thoughts remain with um, PC Harper's wife and family, um, without a doubt. So, um, and we'll find out more later in the week. Hugh, do you know when that that is that sentencing? I th sorry, I think you did say it's on Friday, probably Friday. almost certainly in the morning on Friday. Oh, okay. at the old Bailey, and uh, we we will have the results as almost. Yeah, you know, as soon as we can get them online, we will, we will do. Thank you. Um, so our, our third story um, here again, something else that you uh, that you've been you've been doing, um, Sir Arthur Aston. Yes. Sir Rach, Arthur do you Aston. know? Do you know of Sir Arthur Aston, Rach? Um, I do not. The name's a bit familiar, but I don't know why. I guess because he's a local figure, but no, I don't. I might be getting it confused with um, who was that lady that you did an interview about at the at Paddington? Was that Asta? Oh, Nancy Asta. Yes. Yeah, I'm getting confused. Lady with that, Nancy Asta. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, first, I don't know who he is then. The first woman to take her seat in the Houses of Parliament. I've heard he's loathsome. Yes, I've seen a headline that suggested he was loathsome. Hugh, mm. tell us about Sir Arthur Aston and his loathsomeness. Well, first of all, 
I'd like to just give a quick plug to the book I read it in, which is The A to Z of Reading, Places, People and History by the excellent author Stuart Hilton, who has written numerous books about Reading, um, which are available on uh, amberleybooks.com, amberley-books.com. I have an excellent relationship with his publishers and we often get sent his new work as and when it is published. Um, and this one has, as the A to Z, quite handily, in the A section is Sir Arthur Aston, <laughs> if we can see that. Sir Arthur Aston was a, a military commander of the, um, in the 1640s. And um, he employed some interesting managerial tactics in his time as being in charge of the various troops um, in Reading including um, taking over control and then instantly having a uh, team-building exercise which saw three of his soldiers executed because he didn't like the cut of their jib. Um, and then one of them, another man he took against, had uh, the punishment of having his right hand sawn off, Ooh. which is a bit different to uh, what you and I would experience is a, a quiet word in the office. Um <laughs> And as well as that, he, um, during a battle in Reading, um, he was underneath a building, which, uh, a roof, which collapsed and, um, Oh, it's this guy. Tiles and tiles and bricks landed on his head and he had to have, uh, the, the equivalent of whatever brain surgery was in, in those days, I think possibly on, on the battlefield or close to the battlefield. And, um, to, but the uh, the slightly better thing about him, him this serious injury he discovered that he suffered was that his troops didn't have to put up with him and his managerial techniques because he had to take some sick leave um, to recover from uh, basic brain surgery and then he was sent up the road to Oxford after that. Um, so that was the end of his time in Reading. However, it wasn't the end of his time with with uh, rubbing people up the wrong way. Um, he lost his leg in a riding accident. Um, and was fitted with a wooden leg and then eventually having to the again, relief of all the troops and this time, this time up in Oxford uh, he was sent over to Ireland and his final act in battle was um, to be beaten to death with his own wooden leg something of an ignominious right. end to his military career um, but there's an excellent quote about Sir Arthur. Um, it, it says, he had the fortune to be very much esteemed where he was not known and much detested where he was. A man of rough nature and so given up to, so given up to an immoderate love of money that he cared not, not by what unrighteous ways he exacted it. Wow. I, and, is, he, uh, is he the same guy? Do you remember we were talking about the Siege of Reading? Uh, several months ago and there was a chap that uh, evaded court-martial because um, part of Reading fell on him and he sort of pretended to be mute for the rest of the trip and I, I feel like there's a link there and I, I, it feels like it's the same guy but I'm, I'm not sure it could be the, the book the bit of the book I, I read doesn't mention that but that, yeah, that 
from what he does say about him, that sounds like just the sort of thing he would do. <laughs> <laughs> Rach, I think it was I think it was one of your one of your history pieces you did before, and there was, yeah. there was the siege of Reading. It sounds like it. Yeah, part, part of Reading fell on him. I'm not sure which part, but um, yeah, it, it feels so like it's during a battle. Yeah. That a Which, bit of roof fell on his head. Yeah, I just I'm so intrigued by what this like rustic brain surgery must have been. It's going to be drills. It's going to be. It's going to be drills and no anaesthetic because it yeah. didn't exist. I imagine. Yeah, it was. It was. It would have been on the more painful side of things to experience. I'm sure. Well, so, yeah, also Sir, Sir Arthur well, Aston. So. This book is. Uh, this book is excellent. We, it's full of stories. It's full of brilliant stories about about all sorts of things. Will you, be doing, uh, will you be doing more on this uh, on uh, on this on the book? Uh, yes, I think so. Yes, I don't want to do too much because obviously the best way to find out with all the gris- the grisly tales contained within is to buy it. But I'm, I may do. You've got A to Z, so I've got twenty six uh, <laughs> twenty six options. So I may get another article out of it at Marvelous. some point. Marvelous, um, Hugh. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I very much enjoyed uh, hearing about that. Um, Okay, uh, that's it for part one. In part two, we will be talking to Strange Things in Reading. The Big Interview. Hi, everybody. I am with the man behind Stir. I can confirm he is a man. Well, you Hello. say that. There's no real proof of that. <laughs> no, I've only seen your head. That's true. Um, we have deduced that you are uh, marvellously on brand, though, wearing a fine Reading City shirt. Yes. Um, Even though I knew this uh, this would be a podcast without a video, I still put a Reading City shirt on. I think I think that's I think that's excellent. Which sort of leads me, and I and I suppose we kind of answered that question already. Leads me into my first question, which you know. Given the the name of the the social media site that you run, um, do you even which we know which we're just going to call Stir because otherwise I have to put a rating on the podcast. I don't really want to do that. Although we did discuss in the main podcast that maybe that might get us a few more listeners if we started swearing all over the place. But you know, do you get eighteen certificates with podcasts? I'm not sure. You just have to put a little R. You have to you have to tick a box that says this this podcast has swearing in it, and that's it really. So people could think we asked for Reading. (laughs) <laughs> that's true that's true um so i guess my, my first question really is do you like reading yes really yeah good you wouldn't know it necessarily would you no but i suppose I, I don't want to liken myself to an abusive husband but i suppose there's something to be said for that really i mean i don't know a lot of people well i say a lot of people i don't know i know a lot of people online banging on about how great this town is maybe not there might be a couple. So you can be you can be appreciative of something without having to be fawning or having to constantly go on about how great something is. And also, if you recognise that something has its flaws and its foibles or whatever, not that I want to get into too many f words. I know that there is a restriction <laughs> on those, but yeah, I think sometimes it works. But you can just kind of point out what's a bit rubbish, and in doing so, everything else that's left is a good thing. It's a it's, it's a strange one because I, I think when you first when you first hit upon your your Facebook page and, and Twitter page, you sort of go, well, I, I don't know if I like this, and then suddenly you do something about something that you know that that I know, and I'm suddenly, oh yeah, actually that is a bit 
rubbish, but I love it all the same. It's a sort of, you say, it's a sort of strange, strange relationship that we have with these things. I, I did for, uh, for whatever reason, I, I, uh, I get an email every morning from in your area. I don't know if you're on this platform and this isn't an advert for it, but I yeah, went I was gonna on. Say, do you not get that because you were employed by the company that runs it? Yes, it's forced. It's forced upon. Yeah, you can't unsubscribe. <laughs> it's just grayed out. No, um, yeah, but I get it. And then, and so you got. I went on there, and it's got loads of comments. And it's, it had a, there was a thread of um, fifty people answering a question that someone had asked. Um, three three words you'd use to describe Reading, and literally all fifty were just being horrible about it. And I didn't I didn't understand it. And I thought it, it was almost like it was meant to be because I've I've come on here to talk to you about reading and i and i thought I, I don't think it's that bad and what do you think makes people think that and not sort of appreciate it yeah um well i think fundamentally it's not amazing so that's a good place to start but ultimately i think it's uh, it's just a very british kind of place it's not great but it does have good stuff um it's just that people have a kind of self-deprecating attitude to it don't they so i mean i am self-deprecating that suits me really and think I kind of like being a medium sized pond so if I lived in London I'd feel terrible because I'd be like no one's listening to me this is a great city and no one cares so it kind of works that uh, yeah people kind of they like they like to kind of take the mickey out of themselves a little bit and there's something about this place that makes it easier to do it's easy to do that really Let's, let's just talk about um, let's talk about the the, the Facebook page itself. Uh, why did you? How did it start, and why? Um, oh, well, I mean, gee, I think it really, I was just a Facebook pest. I'm not so much anymore. No one really is because I'm surprised that there are still people on the page really because Facebook has gone down here, wasn't it? There's not as many people on there, but I just used to make bad jokes and they're constantly and annoy my friends, which I still do to some extent. But I just figured if I could kind of annoy strangers, it would be slightly kinder on my friends. Um, but obviously, when you start a page, you start with zero likes, so you've got yeah. no idea that anyone will like it. But originally, the idea was, uh, and it's like seven years ago now, but the idea was uh, the word that begins with S, uh, things to do in Reading. So the yeah. idea was just pointing out kind of like bad, or like a little bit of rubbish kind of events, which I still do occasionally, but... As you've mentioned, I think maybe I've matured and grown up a bit. It's not quite as much fun to just keep pelting the town with saying how bad it is. So it's, it's a little more positive now. It didn't used to be quite as positive. But it was mostly just yet to kind of flag up rubbish events that were happening. And then it kind of branched out. So I lost the to-do bit. <laughs> um, is it, do, do you ever, do you kind of post some stuff sometimes? I think that's gone a bit too far. Because I, I guess we could class this as satire really what a lot of what you do is is kind of sat satirical i suppose yeah the good stuff is a lot of it is bad stuff is rubbish <laughs> and is not funny and is in poor taste i don't ever really post anything and then think yeah that's gone too far sometimes i will delete things and that will be because uh i've received some sort of threat uh, but more <laughs> often than not it's it's morally it's more that uh, just my girlfriend will tell me to take something down so i would you... say no absolutely not then i'll read it back and i go yeah she's right and i'll take it down is is that is that sort of is that fairly regular or or? Uh... Oh, yeah, well, mate, it's every couple of weeks. It's <laughs> that's a kind of uh, it's not an official formula, but if I receive kind of negative comments, sort of come on every less than every you know once a minute. Yeah, <laughs> then I start doing the thing. Okay, 
and it, 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 when when stuff goes up do, do you because you, you obviously there are you have you have your followers you have people who regularly interact on the page and yeah there are a lot of sad sacks who uh, <laughs> who will back me up no matter what They're like almost like kind of a cult following those people yeah. they need help but they're not getting it you're, you're not the only one um yes you, i'd like to interview you really about uh about get reading and some of the comments and things on that, but maybe oh, God. yeah, uh, that, that, unless you'd like to get into it now, that's name and shame. No, you send me down a dark path. <laughs> um, oh dear, no, some of the, some, I, I think a lot of people, I, I just I genuinely I wonder why people follow um news brands online if all they're going to do is moan about their reporting. I you know, I, it just absolutely baffles me why you would do that. But there, there we go. Um, so no, I don't want to talk about it because no, it's no. it's nine a.m. and uh, I've let's got just a whole talk day. about good things that make us feel good. Not yes, negative. <laughs> what? Well, okay. No, let's 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 bring it right back down. What would you say is the stirriest thing in Reading? I see what you've done there. Yeah, you've effectively created a new synonym, haven't you? <laughs> um, look that up in the uh, dictionary now. I don't know. I know I should have. I was going to ask you for the questions in advance. I thought oh, that'll make it a professional podcast where I'll have good answers and this will why, work as a, why, change, why, why would I change the habit of a lifetime and have a professional-sounding well, podcast? Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, we, maybe we'll come back to this. Let's, let's, let's not, because I won't find. I won't think of an answer. <laughs> well, we'll just. I'll, I'll just loosely lose it in the edit. Um, do, do you think people get? stir these days do you, do you think do you, do you get a lot of people going oh this is outrageous or do you, do you think people are in on the on the what we'll loosely call a joke yeah um it's maybe it's like 80 percent of people do get it because it's coming up on their feed because they've liked it or it's been around for so long now most people not to be not to brag but a lot of people will recognize the name if they see it and then yeah ignore it or <clears throat> interact with it um but yeah you still get people who come on who, who kind of don't get it even if they see the name and they don't understand that, you know, feces as an avatar isn't indicative of something. <laughs> if anything, just the quality of the content that's put out. <laughs> but yeah, so a lot of people still don't kind of get it, which is fun for me because then I get to be um, rude to them and act childish, <laughs> even though I am an adult. Do you, does it sort of some fulfill, fulfill some sort of childhood, um, something that was missing from your childhood that you can now just be rude to people? Yeah, adult. no, it doesn't because I was always rude as a child. Okay. No, it just uh, it doesn't legitimise it because there's absolutely nothing legitimate about a fully grown man running a Facebook page where he insults strangers constantly. But it's just an extension of that and my everyday life. Not that I shout at people a lot. If you if you're walking down the street, would you sort of just keep yourself to yourself? And are you are you one of those people that um, takes to the internet and and suddenly? Yes, I'm, I'm a snide coward. So I would <laughs> uh, I would just take a picture of someone. I'll put that in there later. Yeah, they'll, they'll have that later. I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say anything to them. A lot of your a lot of your stuff's focused, I guess, sort of around um, the Oxford Road area. But obviously, there's stuff comes from elsewhere. How do you? How does it become a a thing when when you're walking down the street? That 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 is a thing. I'm going to do that. What, what's the process for for something becoming a a, a story? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I just I'll just see it, and then because I'm so hilarious, the joke will instantly form in my head, and I think that's a fully formed joke that doesn't need any work. I'll put that on the internet, and that will be popular and successful. Um, and then maybe like five to ten percent of the time it is, 
and sometimes they'll just think that wasn't funny but uh, oh no I won't I mostly just think people didn't get that so yeah that's <laughs> but living on the off the opposite road it makes it quite easy because this is where so when you say earlier so let's we can keep this question in that you're going to read it out because now I can answer it. the stirriest thing about reading is is the Oxford road it's, when I first came here because I'm not <clears throat> I'm going to now forget to answer the original question because that's I'm okay on the tangent when I first got because I wasn't I wasn't born here when I first came here with my friend to scope out places. We didn't know anything about the geography of the town or anything. We came on the train and we just headed right kind of out of the station and straight up the opposite road. And my, we, we grew up, me and my friend grew up in Norfolk in a kind of, I say idyllic, I mean, it was boring, though if you find boring, <laughs> idyllic, it's idyllic, um, nice little villages and stuff. So we're walking up the opposite road and my friend is mostly disgusted. <clears throat> he said, this is a bit like London. This is a bit like an horrible bit of London. And I was kind of excited because I was like, this is a bit like London. This is all right. Um, but still, we kind of, we, we decided not to live there. Instead, we lived in Coley Park, which that was a mistake, but, you know, <laughs> whatever. The rental market dictates. Yes. But, so, but I, I live up here now because uh, this is where you buy your first house. So I've lived here for three or four years. Um, and yeah, it used, there's plenty to see. Especially the specific part that I'm on. on the <laughs> so I see plenty of things, and it doesn't really take a lot of kind of work to just go. That's something that will go on the page. Yeah. Or that's something that's too uh, explicit or depressing to put on the page. Well, it, it's good that there's some judgment in there about about what does go on the page at times. And yeah, mostly just... um, through kind of uh, experience, you work out what's technically libel or slander or yeah. Or, you know, you could get some sort of uh, email from a lawyer or something. It, it, that's um, you sort of just nudge me on to to what I was just going to talk to you about just briefly because you can actually write, and 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 you and, and some of the stuff, some of the posts you put up, particularly the Forbury Gardens post, um, very well received. You sort of you hit a mark, and is that something that is part of a day job or? Uh, yeah. Is that something yeah, you want to so do I'm, more? I'm of? an excellent writer as a job, <laughs> um, even though that sentence doesn't really scan. But it would do if I wrote it down, because I'd have a chance to edit it. Um, yeah, so I think yeah, so, so when I write something nice or something good, kind of half of it is <clears throat> a desire to do something worthy and not be just a snide coward all the time. But also, I mean, there's like a small part of me in the back of my mind that makes that is that kind of like abusive husband thing where it's like, maybe I'll do something nice today. <laughs> uh, let's see what they think of that. Yeah. Throws people right kind of, off. Yeah, just kind of confuse people. <laughs> but no, I mean, also that, that, to, to the specifically the Forby thing is something that you would not dream of, even I wouldn't dream of thinking anything, you know, uh, making a joke about something like that. And it is something that everybody who lived here was, you know, affected by. I mean, me and my friends were invited some people around the house uh, yeah, it probably was an illegal gathering technically at the time. Um, <clears throat> but when the news comes through, like it's pretty horrendous, and everybody, yeah. even my friends, are not people who sit around and talk about sensitive topics and things. But you know, to see your friends kind of affected by something and then to feel some, you know, odd things yourself, you know, I felt like <clears throat> I've just put some words down and see what happens. They had a nice reaction, which I was quite surprised by. Which it sort of struck a chord, which was good. Yeah, I, I think I think the the, the the fact that you that you can do that and you have an outlet for that was um was quite quite positive. Uh, t- talking of, talking of positive, I, I wanted to just sort of obviously 
we we know what you make fun of. We we people look at the page and we, and we see what. What what do you enjoy? What does a typical day? What what would a sort of a Saturday night for for you look like? I know you, you did recently did the pub the pub tour where it became very uh, very Michael Caine references towards the end and and all of that and that was that was very good as well. But what what would a what would sort of a typical Saturday sort of look like for you? What would, if in an ideal world if everything was open? What would you what would you yeah. pick? What 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 would be Stur's favourite things in Reading? Well, because I, because I didn't grow up around here. I mean, I, li- I like football. I didn't grow up around here, so I didn't. I've got no re- real affection uh, for Reading FC. I've been to loads of games, but you know, you're into football as well, and you'll know yeah. there's not really very much to like about Reading. Yeah, <laughs> no, you, you... <laughs> footballing club up Reading. They're a tremendously dull club. Um, so, I like football, I would go to a football match, but I wouldn't necessarily go and watch them. I support Charlton. Um, which is possibly, possibly worse. A lot worse in very many ways. So <laughs> normally I'll start off the season by going to watch them and then quickly I'll get disillusioned and I'll stop going, which has been what's been nice about uh, kind of discovering non-league football around here. So even before Reading City form, which I think was like three years ago or something, yeah. from, what was it, from the ashes of High or Ibis? High or Ibis, yeah. Yeah, and where Heimer Ibis from Reading? Were they Reading Town or no? So Heimer Ibis was a separate club that is from a village just outside. I think just Oxford. I think South Oxfordshire. I think. Yeah. But they they played in in Reading, and Reading Town was a the precursor that had that ground, and then they went defunct. And oh yes, Heimer were playing out of Palmer Park. Yes, and, and then so Reading's like ability to use. Scours Lane. Yeah, exactly. And and yeah. they've, uh, I I've, I've, I popped down there the other day. The, the car park is now flat, so um, that's nice. Which is uh, which is rather good. Is it? So it's now it's now possible to walk there and to drive on it without yes, without shoes or tires. Having to get a, a truck to get your car out of the uh, of the pothole. So that's good. Uh, and no, but they've done a, a nice project, didn't it? They're spending yeah. a little bit of money, but they're doing some nice things. So yeah, with me, some of my friends have gone down there. So that's a nice way to start. Uh, Saturday, if they're playing, and um, get down the clubhouse and have a few drinks. And then, if you're probably back into town, you can take one of the splendid pubs on the Upton Road. So, I mean, I was going to take the Mickey out of the pond house, but like all pubs, now that's now been done up and painted in that kind of blue-grey pub colour. <laughs> so, I mean, you've got the Wishing Well. That's also been done up. I mean, it's still a like, dreadful hellhole, but <laughs> you could go in there. I don't. Know, why am I saying this? I wouldn't. I don't want to go to the Wishing Well. This isn't my perfect Saturday. <laughs> So I've got a balance, like a feeling of like, I want to do the, the bad stuff because that's fun. So I go to watch yeah. bad football, go to a bad pub with my friends and, you know, laugh about it. Also, sometimes you want to do nice things. And if you want to maintain a healthy relationship with a partner, uh, basically, I'd have to go somewhere nice at some point with my girlfriend. So I don't know where we go in town. The Allied Arms is a good pub to go to, isn't it? Yep. Town? It's always a nice one if you can get in. Um, not that you can't you can't get in at the moment, but you can get you can get out. You can get on the outside of it. Um, I probably wouldn't eat. Maybe I'd just eat some chip sticks or something from a news agent. Um, yeah, I used to like um, you like that at the junction or something. If you can convince enough people to get in a cab and go over there, that's a good yeah. way to. When you get there and you go right, I'm too drunk to have done this. That was a mistake. Now I've got a potentially fatter at cab home. But then you don't. You just drink more. And then the man gives you Uzo because you start talking to him behind the bar. <laughs> That's it, probably that. Because I, I guess pub-wise, actually, Reading's long, isn't it? It's not, it's not, not and everything's not sort of concentrated in a specific area. It, it's from, from one end of the Oxford Road, really, to the other end of um, 
Yeah. Was, uh, Cemetery Junction, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, that's where the kind of mythical number 17 pub yeah. comes in. Yeah. I don't think anyone's ever done. But if I've yeah. ever had friends to visit, they kind of say, oh, let's go out in town. And you think, Jesus, how am I going to, what am I going to do? What kind of pub call can I do that doesn't involve a bunch of cabs around places? Yeah. Is that a thing? Do you know anything about the, the, the mythical pub crawl? As I, no, no. I, I've seen, I think, I think because it's on a bag in, um, but is it art? I think it's a thing. But <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if, I don't know if anybody's ever done it and I'd like to do it and probably should do it being the host of a podcast about Reading and liking pubs, but you know. Would you have to do it all the way down to the end of the, the route? Well, you would, wouldn't you? So you I think you have to, yeah. Tons, which is a Green King probably shuts about midnight maybe on yeah. Saturday so you'd have to start from when it very first opens at the water tower in Thailand yeah. and then how many is that like in between I mean you're going to have to go halves as well and some of those pubs to walk to a few of those pubs and to order a half would probably be enough to, to get you kicked out for well you just have to explain yourself I'm doing a special pub crawl and I'm <laughs> drinking halves but it's fine because in the end it would be like I've drunk 19 pints <laughs> you wouldn't feel a thing um Last thing I just wanted to ask you about, just before we just before we wrap up, um, it was we mentioned it earlier uh, on on our podcast. This is our one hundredth podcast. Um, you had a very short lived podcast. Um, yes. Were we I'd like to say it was intentionally short lived, but it wasn't oh, okay. it was because it was very hard work, as you all know. Editing so, podcasts is a bit of a drag, and I didn't even edit it. I got my much more talented mate to do all of the legwork. I just did all the mumbling bad jokes into it. But he's a perfectionist, so he made he made these like lovely jingles and yeah various things and it, it was a lot of work um, it was quite a lot of work as you all know like organizing interviews and speaking yeah. to people and stuff but yeah, down the last not minute. enough people cared so i stopped bothering <laughs> so it's easy to rank you know 30 seconds you can make a quick joke and you might get 100 likes on it and you're like yes that's made me feel like a good person I've, I've made i've done something for the day but if you spend you and your friends spend like a week making podcasts <laughs> <clears throat> you find out that 1100 people listened but most of them probably didn't listen to the end Right, right, that's it. They don't deserve it. They're not getting it anymore. Well, uh, I think... Well, I would say that they're great and they still stand up and everybody should seek them out. It's called the Plopcast. It's great. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed them um, and I was disappointed that there, that there weren't more. Uh, I, think, I think for a little while we were in, we were in competition um, and our sort of bland uh, way of putting things across and talking about news and stuff clearly won out. So, you know, it's what the people want. <laughs> yeah, I remember giving it the big into you at one point. Yeah. <laughs> about two weeks later, I was like, I can't bother to do it anymore. <laughs> so, so I still see it as a moral victory, even though it isn't, obviously. So I do remember someone saying that um, ours, ours wouldn't last six. So I was quite pleased when we got to 100. Yes, very good. Who, uh, to, to turn the table slightly, who stands out as a good... Uh, interviewee or people you've spoken um, to. I love Pete Hefferon. Um, yes. At Shed, he's he's fantastic. He's got so many stories. Um, being in a in a quite famous band at one point as well, um, making excellent sandwiches. Uh, he he absolutely is my probably my favourite. We did talk about. Is the, he a local hero of yours? I think so. Yeah, I think because you you would go into Shed and you would never know that Pete was in a quite famous band. Yeah. Because yeah, I like it. He's uh, it's a kind of modern word, isn't it? But he's uh, pivoted. Yes. Way. Maybe that's what Richie from the Manics is doing. Maybe. He might be making paninis uh, somewhere. <laughs> Basic so Who knows? That was, oh dear. Yeah. I mean, he's uh, not. He's dead. He's killed himself. But you know, had he not done that, he might have might have been making paninis. 
And I pull you up on something. You were mentioning other podcasts. Yes. Um, and obviously I've listened to all of them. Of course, um, yes. And not just the last one to know what the, this one was going to be like. But at one point, you know, I don't want to be negative about no, it. No, that's um, You talked about Africa by Toto. Yes. Which is a very good song. And you mentioned that nothing rhymes with Serengeti. And I'm going to pull you up on that. Alex, okay. Because I've, I've prepared a list of words and things that rhyme with Serengeti. Yep. Confetti. <laughs> so that's the small wedding paper, yep. isn't it? Machete. Big knife. Uh, spaghetti. I mean, this is, that's just three off the top of my head. And then uh, Black Betty, the song by Ram Jam. And finally, Bira Moretti, the Italian lager. That's five. Okay. So I'm not saying do more research. I'm just saying, you know, be a bit more careful about what you're saying. It's misleading. The, 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 the point stands out. Toto didn't bother to include any of those in his song, if I remember. Yeah, they're, they're of the same opinion as, as you, which is that nothing rhymes with Serengeti. Um, so you're wrong, and also my Toto are wrong. Thank you ever so much for your time. You're very welcome. Thanks. The Big Interview. Well, that was our interview. Um, should we? Just <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, good fun. It's uh, it is what it is. Keep it clean. Just, just out of interest, Tom, how much editing are you going to have to do on that video, on that interview? Um, hopefully none. You know, we're you know we're all grown ups. We're all you know in the real in the real, in the real <laughs> world. A little disclaimer at the beginning. It may, it hey, may you never contain. Know. You never know. If we never. if we got some swears in our podcast, we might might put our uh, might get our figures up. Well, maybe start swearing all over bit, the place. Bit rude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, just thinking, while du- during that break, yeah. I was just thinking about Sir Arthur Aston, Sir Arthur, Sir Arthur Aston, and um, uh, his. Oh, his he did a little swears, he did. <laughs> and his managerial techniques, and I was just thinking, do you think? Um, do you think if uh, your publisher Lucy started to uh, exhibit those sorts of techniques, it might help you uh, write faster? I mean, obviously, chopping off chopping <laughs> off on your hands isn't, isn't going to help you, uh, particularly in, in typing. I think HR. I think HR might <laughs> HR might get involved um, <laughs> if if Lucy bought her bought a little saw out. Also, if she wants me to write work write faster, cutting off one of my hands would not yeah. um, achieve this. So. No. Uh, no, she'll just beating you with your own wooden leg. Yeah, that might that might jibber you along. That's true. You know? Yeah, all the yeah, it's true. That's a, a good motivator, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> you couldn't run no, away. No, she'll just continue to your leg. Yeah, just continue to shout at me across the office. <laughs> okay. Um, just before we move on to the random question, uh, we when we were having our planning meeting yesterday, because we have planning meetings and this isn't just cobbled together at the last minute, um, Rach mentioned you wanted to uh, just bring up our little jaunt to London that we had um, in what oh, was yeah. a rare night out for Hugh, really. Uh, I was going to say yeah. you, but then I thought it's more like, uh, we, and we had yeah. to force him to come, didn't we? Is it a good time? Well, you to asked revi- me what yeah. was that, like. What were my significant, my favourite memories since I joined the podcast? And I think that that that's got to be up there, hasn't it? Yeah. That it's nothing I've ever done before, or will probably do again. Yeah. In fact, go to an well, awards ceremony. But yeah, it was to get 
a little bit glammed up and going to London town. Literally just before we were not allowed to go anymore, yeah. really, yeah. wasn't it? It was only like a month or something before that. Mm. Exactly. It, it's probably a good time to reveal that um, to Hugh that, do you remember we had to force him to go? Because he, well, he didn't want to go. And um, we told him that his ticket was all paid for and all sorted. Uh, and therefore yeah. he didn't have a choice. Um, he totally was that a lie? It was a complete lie. He totally had a choice. Um, <laughs> but we just wanted to... You scoundrel. Tickets were free. <laughs> they were free tickets. No one paid anything. So. <laughs> oh. I can't oh, believe he didn't want to go, though, no, at, at any point. Why would you not want to celebrate our... Amazingness. Uh, well, I, I perhaps wouldn't go that far, but the fact that someone had listened to yeah. it and thought it was all right. Yeah. You do know we nominated bit, ourselves. It was a big achievement. I was a bit grumpy about it. In my defence, I was on early shifts at the time, so I'd started work at six o'clock that day, and we then had to go into London at six o'clock at night, and then I had to start work at six o'clock the next morning when we got home from London about 1am. So I was a bit tired. Yes. <laughs> I, remember, I do remember you reasonable reasons um rach you may remember we did a little travel log and i do recall you don't remember when we played it you don't remember i remember the, the first half <laughs> <laughs> yeah. when we were on there the was web, a lot of mean. trays of drinks being yeah. circulated my defense a couple of bottles of prosecco all good fun it was it was expen- it was an expensive bar though as you'd expect these things to be yeah um, so that and was... we didn't we didn't win but we lost out to arguably the chicago the chicago so, tribune yes. is you know that's pretty big yeah it's pretty yeah. big well, I, i'm not going to begrudge that i suspect they have an actual studio and didn't yeah. have to didn't have to purchase the equipment to run this podcast themselves no <laughs> so. I, i'd imagine no <laughs> yeah yeah it's was it yeah many, many it's boys wasn't yes. it a bit it was david versus goliath um yeah, but we love it when the underdog wins don't oh, we yeah if we just Do I, genuinely, yeah, in, that, I genuinely in, that, in that case in that situation it was quite clear that that wasn't going to happen in the build-up to when they announced the winner i genuinely thought we were going to win i'd submitted the yeah. podcast that was submitted was the interview with brian moynard from the retreat and it had a story from hugh about ricky whittle so uh, i thought we were well in winning there. material yeah. i thought we were well in there so there we go um right should we move on to the random question okay random question time uh i have the mug uh, tom can i just can I ask you quickly did you get a promotion after the um awards night because you were doing some real hard graph with some of the top bolts from the company but um <laughs> so I wondered, I wondered how, that, how that went still pending <laughs> still pending oh, the schmoozing didn't the do the job still pending yeah the yeah, pandemic's got in the way of uh, of that um okay random question time the random question Uh, oh, okay. I think this is going to be very hard to answer with something that you wouldn't normally answer. Um, so think hard. The random question this week is, what in Reading have you visited 100 times? It's like these come out on purpose. It's like it's planned. Oh, that is a... I mean, what imagine, are chances? Imagine if it had come out next week. Oh, that would oh, be kicking ourselves. Would it, on kicking the 101th? No. 
101st, <laughs> rather. <laughs> is that English degree paying off again? Yes. 101st. Yeah. <laughs> Your mother good. would be so Money proud. well spent. Yeah. 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 Good. <laughs> Things you have visited. What have I been to 100 times? Well, um, so not for a few years, but surely the Moderation Pub on Caption Road. Yes. I must have been, well, more than 100 times. I think I lived there in my late 20s, um, had my 30th birthday party there. And yes, you did. good times I had. And prior uh, to that, the other side of the roundabout, the Riverside Pub, which is uh, now the Indian restaurant yes. there, River Spice, I think it's yes, called. Yes, the Riverside Pub was uh, fantastic. But we were in there twice a week, at least every week after work. Got to have been there 100 times plus. And then in more recent years, uh, not quite so exciting, uh, the Sandy Park and the Horsey Park, which I feel <laughs> like I've done 100 times like in the last week, to be fair. <laughs> I, that, the moderation I can, I can certainly vouch for is your trusty sidekick at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, good times. Good times we can't remember it but no, uh, nothing nothing <laughs> those are the days when we could just have a pint of guinness for dinner and yeah you know, the calories yeah. crack on yeah, yeah. Instead, now it goes to you my, uh, my stomach and I don't know, wherever that goes for on women i don't know yeah but we were allowed to be hung over for all day saturday in those days weren't yeah. we because we yeah, didn't yeah. have the responsibilities well and, and to be fair right sometimes during the week as well yeah, yeah. Sometimes <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. The, the, the people in charge then are not in charge now. It's okay. And they were probably with us. Yeah. yeah, a lot of them. They definitely were. Yeah, they were. Hugh, uh, what, I'm going to just take Utopia off the table. Um, but I was thinking about this. I don't think I've been. To, I don't think I went to Utopia. Oh, okay, that's a relief. That's a relief. What have we got then? Um. I've definitely been to Reading Borough Council a hundred times. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the place to be in both our incarnate, both old and new uh, civic centres. Um, I've been to both of those. I've also been definitely 100% been to the Medeski Stadium a hundred times. Oh, yeah, me too, probably. Yes, you, about you both one. had season tickets, didn't you, at one point? I had season tickets, yeah. and I quite, quite, there was a time where I also went to watch London, I covered London Irish for the paper yeah. briefly as well, used to, used to do those, and also um, for the website, sorry, not the paper, um, and had a season ticket, and used to go and watch London Irish, and yeah, I didn't go when Elton John played there. Oh, that's a shame, no. that would have been yeah. good. That would have been fun, yeah. I, um, and I've, I reckon I've probably been to the monks' retreat a hundred times. You know, <laughs> not, not in the last, not in the last fifty. How old am I? Uh, not in the last ten years. That's not great. It's the no. only place we could get into, wasn't it? When yeah. We were I started young. going in there when I was sixteen, and my mates in my drinking days, my mates still like to go there for a a cheeky, cheeky cheap one to start the evening. Um, a cocktail led bowl arguments. led to many arguments but none of which i won so <laughs> it's because it was so cheap that's why just go I there know, for yeah. a start of a 10 uh, and a fishbowl cocktail and then 
head off wherever you, you wanted set to go. For the night. Yeah. Well, and also for you, it was only over the road from Yates's, which was your other haunt. So <laughs> you had to stumble over the road. I did not hang out in Yates's. Yes, I, you I, did. Oh no, it was just for the bus. I forgot. The Yates's bus. Yeah, walkabout was another place I probably used to go to quite a lot. Yeah. Walk walkabout made my list, and I'm. I, it's not somewhere I'd even want to step anywhere near now. But it's, um, but it's testimony to both these places that they still exist. Yes, yeah, they must be doing something right. The the longevity of the walkabout is uh, something to be admired. Um, I, I, it hasn't changed, and Yates's yeah. has not hasn't changed at all. Yes, Yates's has because it used to oh, have it? a hollow ceiling. Yeah, it used to be a post office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when, when I when I was eighteen, nineteen, and Yates has made my list as well. Um, when I, when I was eighteen, nineteen, it had a it had like a hollow middle floor, uh, so you like you go upstairs and they, and you could look be down, able to look downstairs. Yeah, whereas it doesn't seem to have well, that anymore for for whatever reason. Not. Um, yeah, so people you, were throwing things. Oh, I've no, oh no, it was, it was much less uh, much less aggressive in those days. It was um. Uh, um well, I think we've come to the end of our 100th episode together. Although, of course, yeah. um, I suppose Hugh, uh, Hugh and I will have almost probably done 100 episodes. Rach, um, you have done a lot of episodes. I'm a, I'm a... But we uh, should probably just mention uh, Jenny Jennings, uh, formerly uh, presenter on our podcast, who who started, uh, I think, from episode three after Hugh and I realised no one wanted to listen to you and I talk at each other for for an hour, uh, which is probably very well. After you suggested this, I refuted it. Oh, I okay. still refute it now. <laughs> I think, I'm, yeah. Oh dear, I, I don't know. Rage casting vote. Uh, I think you you needed the woman's touch to uh, <laughs> round things off a little bit and yeah. uh, bring a different perspective to things. Why yeah. have you seen nonsense? <laughs> okay. <What? laughs> that was that was a joke. Thanks, guys. Uh, here's, here's Jeremy with how you can get in touch with us. Get in touch with the team. Email hello at realreadingpodcast.co.uk. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at realreadingpod, and join our Facebook group by searching Real Reading Podcast. Thanks, Jeremy. That is quite enough for this week. Um, have you had fun? I've had a lovely time. Thank Are you. you Happy hundredth birthday, guys! Hundredth birthday are you ready for another hundred yes okay yes good answer good answer um okay that is it for this week we would love to speak to some more people we've got some good guests lined up um reading museum uh the museum of english rural life uh, we have so easy, easy for me to say. Uh, we've got a couple of other other good ones lined up as well in the next few weeks. So we look forward to speaking to them. We may also have some guest hosts, which I'm hoping to to just just mix things up a little bit. And uh, Rach knows about this. I didn't I haven't bothered to mention it to you, Hugh, but uh, we shall we shall see. Um, I'm th- I thoroughly approve of getting a proper host. <laughs> That's not what I said. That's not what I said. <laughs> um, 
if you have a moment please give us a rating on your podcast app and if you have time submit a review uh, we will be back next week for more reading goodness in the meantime bye, bye. bye. You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast.